Welcome back, everybody. Rachel Prince, real estate broker and rentalpreneur here in the heart of the Midwest in Indianapolis. On this episode of the B&B Entrepreneur Podcast, we're going to be talking about short-term rental investing in non-vacation rental markets. This is a big topic. When it comes to Airbnb, a lot of people think that they have to buy in a vacation destination. But we're going to find out that that's not always the case. In fact, sometimes it's to your advantage to buy out of vacation rental markets. And real quick, before I start the show, I just want to announce that I have launched Buy B&B, my Airbnb and short-term rental investing course. It's a fun, educational, animated online course that you can watch at home or you can listen to while you're driving like a podcast. And it takes you through all the phases from mindset, prospecting, financial preparation, to setup, launching, and scaling your business. Also comes with a property manifestation sheet and a deal analyzer tool and can still be applied if you're doing arbitrage or trying to sublet. I do have a special coupon code that's going to get you $300 off just for the initial pilot launch and that is going to be available only for the month of September. The coupon code is SEPT2019, it's all capitals, one word, SEPT2019. Go to buybnb.net, click buy course and then it'll prompt you to enter your email address and then you're gonna enter the coupon code after that. Check it out, sign up, let me know what you think. And for everyone who signs up in September, we will be doing private live calls. I don't usually do that for my online course, but we are going to be doing one live call a week for the next four weeks. So you are in luck there if you sign up this month. Again, buybnb.net, enjoy the show. Today's episode is all about investing in non-vacation rental markets. I think Airbnb really opened up this concept that the traveler can come from anywhere. You know, the traveler can go anywhere. And so as a real estate investor, we think, well, where would this traveler go? And it's not always destination locations. So today we brought in Brian Tibbs, a Boise, Idaho native who made a market out of Boise, Idaho for short-term rentals and is now living as a missionary doing remote work on his Airbnb property management company while living in Brazil. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's an honor to be, be on here with you. This is a great topic and I'm excited to discuss it with you, Brian. So welcome. When you first reached out to me, I thought maybe you had a Brazilian accent, but as it turns out, you are an American living in Brazil. That's pretty cool, doing God's work, I guess, across the world over there in Brazil. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so I just really, I grew up in a, in a family of, of business people, and, and so I kind of thought that's what I was going to do with my life. So as soon as I had enough money to buy my first uh, property, I bought a duplex, lived in one side and rented out the other. and and uh, just really have enjoyed that. Now, of course, my life took a, a different track. I'm a missionary. I've been outside of the U.S. for 13 years, but I've always stayed active in the in the real estate market, and it's and it's a fun distraction uh, that that doesn't take too much of my time. So you're currently in Brazil. What part of Brazil are you in? I'm in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, Rio! I've been to Corcodoba. And oh, yeah. Ivanema and yeah. the beach and yeah. uh, Corcodoba is the the cross, right? The, oh no, that's Chris, the 
the, the, the Cristo Redentor, yeah. So yes, the, yes. the Christ the Redeemer, yeah. Yes. So it's, oh, it's, there's some really amazing uh, tourist destinations there. Speaking of yeah. non-vacation rental markets, you're actually <laughs> in a very vacation rental exactly. savvy I'm, market. I'm, <laughs> I'm in an Airbnb right now, actually, until we oh. move into our permanent apartment. So. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Yes, we can hear the little chihuahua neighboring you yeah, yeah, barking in the right. distance. So, um, so yeah, I want to get into this theme of short-term rentals in non-vacation rental markets. Such a great concept here. I think we all know that the first thing that people look for when they're investing in a you know, potential vacation rental, the term vacation rental, right? People go on vacation to it, is right. you know, where am I going to buy? Location, 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 as we all say in real estate. But why don't you talk about like, some of the other attributes that are important besides just major attractions like the beach or you know, Rio de Janeiro's, you know, all that has, has to offer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and I'm just, I just bloomed where I was planted. So this is how I have designed my business or, 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 or made my business work. So what we did is we tried to identify what kinds of people need short-term housing. And we don't use the term vacation rental because that, I mean, we have some people coming to Boise on vacation, but just not very many. And so we started to look at the kinds of guests that we were, were having. And we have uh, nurses that are traveling, and so uh, a location would be try to find a place that's available near the hospitals. Um, some other things that we have is some, some corporate deals with uh, a, a ski resort uh, nearby, and so we have a corporate deal with them, and so we have houses close to where you go up to the, up to the ski resort. Uh, convention centers, you know, just places where people are going to be going on a regular basis. We try to buy our properties in those locations. Of course, downtown is always, uh, probably in any city, is, is a good place to have property and, because that's an attractive place for people to go. There's often people that have meetings in, in corporate settings that are going to be downtown, and so we try to get our properties in those places. So, oh, and you're still managing properties in Boise, yes. right? What, Correct. Tell, me, tell me the name of your company again. My Short-Term Home. Oh, yeah, My Short-Term Home. And so how many properties do you own versus just manage there? Well, we're not a property management company. We just manage our own. So we have 13 oh. units right now, and we're building 16 more uh, downtown. So we'll have 29 uh, sometime next year. Building as in constructing from scratch? Yes. We've hired mm -hmm. a contractor and architects and all that, and we're oh, now wow. building from scratch. And you work with uh, some other partners? I mean, how did you guys fund this project? No, I'm just, I mean, just through conventional banks. Uh, oh. So I'm, I'm doing the project myself. Uh, it's a big, it's a big leap for me. I'm more than doubling my units in, in, in one flail swoop. But, uh, but yeah, we're just doing it ourselves. Oh, my okay. wife and I. Wonderful. Well, let me know when you guys are ready to talk about automation. Because, I, I mean, you probably already have it with what you're doing. You, do you use a PMS? Yeah, we uh, we just actually switched to owner res to manage all of our bookings and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, cool. So let's get back to this idea that people are not necessarily, they don't necessarily need to have any major attractions, right? Um, right. We've got, uh, we all know we've got traveling nurses. I think you had mentioned um, stadiums for sporting events downtown, yep. you know, meeting areas, convention centers. Yep. So that's 
you know, even people by airports or yeah. sometimes you're, uh, I was just actually, it's such a good timing that we're doing this podcast because it, it was kind of when I was designing my module three and talking about how some people are, you know, off the beaten path and they have like a, they have a house in a highway, like a, a, a thoroughfare to another town. You know, they're mm -hmm. kind of on the side. So they're en route to another place where people might need to stop over. And right. I know when I drive through Oklahoma, I think it's Oklahoma or it's Kansas, one of those flatlands, um, <laughs> I always stay in the same, I call it the train hotel, because there's a train that literally, literally like goes right by it. And um, mm -hmm. it's this old historic B&B, &B, and I love staying there. So you can have a pop-up, you know, uh, home in the middle of nowhere that becomes a destination for people. I think yeah. that's kind of what we're saying here is that make it a destination. Sure. So I love that one. Let's, another yeah, another aspect to that is um, I have, you know, like in a resort town, I've never invested in a resort town, so maybe this is not accurate, but I would imagine there's kind of one key spot where you want to have all your properties as kind of the high demand area. What we have found is it's really good to have properties kind of spread all throughout the valley because you never know what people are needing when they come to town and they want to be in a specific part of town that maybe a resort town would never have that kind of a situation. So our, our units are really spread over about a 10-mile radius. Yeah, I do find that some guests will introduce me to some of the hot spots here. You know, they'll be like, hey, are you close to this center? Right. And I was like, I didn't even know that was there, but yeah. 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 Let's get into this idea of aesthetic. I think most people nowadays traveling on Airbnb are looking for, you know, something more luxurious. They're looking for that aesthetic. And, of course, mm -hmm. that's why the photos are so important. They want to be able to have the kind of hotel caliber maybe, you know, if, if they can, if it's still affordable. But, obviously... Uh, luxury isn't always the case, when, you know, especially when it's convenient in the location or maybe they're, they would choose a property that has bicycles, for example, over right. um, you know, something else. Why don't you talk about this concept? Yeah, so of, of course, I mean, the luxury factor is an important factor. I think that's probably going to be the case anywhere. And as we talk specifically about Airbnb, although there's other ways to get guests, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later maybe, but... Um, as, as the competition increases, obviously the way your property looks and the things that you have are very important. But I have found in a non-vacation market that, that they're not coming to town just to relax and kick up their feet and have kind of right. all of these amenities. That, those are important factors. I think, I think if your unit is sparkling clean and has all the, the basic things that they need, the things that they get in a hotel, then you're covered. What's most important in a non-vacation market is the function. Like, what are they coming to town for? If it is a traveling nurse, they're going to be there not for a weekend, but for a month or two or three. And so there's different needs for those kinds of guests. And so you need to really think through who are your guests and what are the things that you need to have in the home or, you know, the location factor, of course, too, but just the kind of the amenities in the house that the people are going to need for the kinds of guests that you would have. Yeah, and I and I think that gets us into the next one, which is you know guest targeting and uh, you know talking about 
attracting in the guests you do want versus which you don't want if you um, have certain function or functionality with your apartment, perhaps like I said, if you have those bicycles or you yeah. offer a Keurig for a nurse who maybe just needs her coffee but needs it quickly or something simple, then maybe function will actually trump luxury. Yeah, so, so one of the things that I'm really happy about is we've never had a problem with people throwing rager parties. Now, that may still happen, of course, but yeah. we've had over a 1,000 guests since I've been, I've been doing this for three years, and we've had over a 1,000 guests. And we've only had the police called one time, and, and to me that seems like a good track record. Of course, I'd love for it to be zero, but um, just one time. And so it's really the, the clientele that we have attracted are usually professionals. Uh, they're coming to town for a very specific purpose. It's not necessarily... A drunken rager, um, and so the way we've been able to do, I think it really has to do with the fact that we're in the market that we're in, not necessarily our market targeting. We've just kind of responded to the market where we're in. Um, at, but to, in our marketing, our, our even our very name, my short-term home, we have a lot of people coming to town from outside of town that are moving here, or they're looking for a job, or they're building their house, or something to that effect, and they need a place for a month. And so we wanted to target ourselves to that to that customer because there's nothing better for a property owner than to book something for a month and you don't have to worry about occupancy for another 30 days in that in that unit. You've still you've still got the risk of of people gathering and having a party, but sure. um, you know it may be in cities more than you know right. different. I mean, different cities like compared to Boise, you know, Indianapolis, yeah. you you can. You still have that risk there for sure. uh, people gathering. I mean, I have people all the time. They don't understand that uh, we tell them no visitors, no locals, nobody can come over, no parties, and they still don't get it. And they still invite families. Well, it was just a birthday party, and I'm like, yeah, right. it was, but you still didn't like abide by the rules. We just want you. We just want you to be forthright and right. just talk about it ahead of time because that's not what we're designed for. Right. And so we're, you know, obviously we have neighbors. We, we're not, you know, we want to respect um, all of the, the the various things that go into creating the homeowner's Airbnb and neighborhood and all those things. And so sometimes the guests just don't play ball and uh, right. don't see eye to eye. But for the most part, um, I think you're right. We can, we, when we're in non-vacation rental markets, uh, we can or non-tourist destinations, we can uh, really just work on focusing on tr attracting the professionals, attracting the type of traveler that we are looking for and right. really go for it. And that's an important part of everybody's branding and, yeah. and, and uh, asking for what they want. Another aspect on, um, on targeting is we have worked hard. We've actually, I've actually hired a guy that that goes out and looks for corporate deals. And so one of the deals that we have that's working really well for us is we have a partnership with a local um, uh, real estate uh, mortgage broker. And so we have his card and brochure in our units, and he pushes customers that are coming to him from out of town that are buying a house. Hey, I've got short-term housing here. We've done that also with a few real estate agents that send us referrals. And so our, as a result of that effort, over half of our guests are 30 days or longer. Right. And so we've been able to achieve about an 80% occupancy rate average over the last three years, actually 79 point something, because we have a lot of guests that are coming in for longer term. And those longer term guests are more likely even 
than the shorter term guests to take care of your property and and then from a cost perspective you you deal with them when they check in and you deal with them when they check out but those 30 days in between you don't even really talk to them so it's lower overhead as well yeah that's a good point let's go into purchase power here when we're talking about buying in a resort town you know or a tourist destination if you're going to buy some place on the beach we all know it's going to cost you and I, just the other day, someone said to me, you know, there was this house in San Francisco or, it, you know, north of San Francisco, and it was on the, the, the ocean, and it was literally five feet from the, the sand. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I wouldn't buy something like that because in case it would flood. But um, it was $4 million, <laughs> and it had just sold. Not that they're going to turn that into an Airbnb. It's probably someone's home. But still, it was like, wow, that's, that's, uh, that's quite a expensive buy there. So why don't you talk right. about the purchase power that people can have in non-vacation and tourist rental markets? Yeah, so again, we've just bloomed where we were planted, and I've kind of always had this concept that Boise is just this backwater city, and, and really the real investors are going to go somewhere else. So I've, I've traveled all over. I've, I mean, I've been all over the world, and so everywhere I'm at, I look, and I try to run the numbers, and I could never get the numbers to run for a, for a Hawaii vacation place or a place in Nashville or a place in Florida or a place in Rio de Janeiro. I can never get the numbers to work as well as they work in like cities like Winnemucca and Missoula and, and Boise, Idaho and Spokane, Washington. Um, now, I'm only invested in Boise, but I very seriously have considered investing in Missoula. I think Missoula is a great market that has some of the similar things that, that Boise does. There's a lot of people kind of fleeing California and Seattle and moving into these smaller mountain towns like Boise and Missoula and, and, and even Spokane. Um, and so it kind of creates the same dynamic that I have in Boise. And, you know, one of the other things, too, I was looking at a property in Hawaii, and all the numbers were fantastic, and, and I thought, oh, hey, this could even work better than Boise. And then I found out that their association fees are $1,000 a month, and that just totally mm -hmm. destroyed the numbers. And, yeah. you know, in Boise, you just don't hear that. A, a normal HOA would be 80 bucks or, or, or something like that for a unit. And so just all the, all the factors that come into making the cash flow work seem to work better or seem to work well, at least, in, in the non-vacation market. Yes, I think that at least here in Indianapolis, that's true. One of the reasons is because there's so many, there's so much inventory, first of all, and there's right. so many boarded up houses and neighborhoods that need to be helped and renovated and, you know, fixed mm. up, if you will. And it's right. happened in the last five years. It's really happening here. Uh, so I think that um, there's a, you know, it, it's a little bit different here when you're, considering investing versus, you know, somewhere in, you know, say Miami. But, um, right. but uh, you're going to find better deals, and I think you're going to have, uh, there's going to be more support towards the vacation rental home there because, or the short-term rental, because, you know, the, the, there, there's more, well, not necessarily there's more inventory, because, you know, for less expensive inventory, it can go pretty fast. But I think yeah. you're, you're at least going to get better returns, get better numbers if, you're, um, if your pricing is, is competitive, if there's lower-priced uh, properties in those markets. And, yeah, um, yeah I, um, I was going to make a point on 
Oh, yes, the HOA fees. I wanted to add to that. HOA fees, as we all know, or maybe some of you don't know, can go up. So just because you start at 80, let's say you buy a property right. and it starts at $80, doesn't mean it's not going to go up every year for the rest of your <laughs> you know, time that you owe it. Yeah. So it could, it could be 400 by the time you leave. You never know. It could go up 100. It could go up 20. It could go up sure. nothing. So yeah, so yeah, I agree. HOAs, you've got to watch out for those in condo fees. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing we wanted to just mention here was that in tourist towns, you know, the, the, everything's more expensive. If you're building, yeah. building materials are more expensive. Handyman, handyman are more expensive. Cleaners, they'll charge more. And property management yeah. fees can be 40% in tourist and resort towns. Yes. And that cuts really into your price. Yeah, I don't know how you'd make it work at 40%. Um, and, you know, everything from the cleaning company or the cleaning person or the maintenance people, um, just everything's cheaper. You know, Boise power is really cheap, and so even in the hot summer, you're not going to get killed with the, with air conditioning costs. Uh, you know, of course, the, in the short term, the owner pays. So it just it's a lower cost of entry, and that might even be something that would be positive for somebody who's just getting started, too. Instead of thinking, hey, I'm going to buy something on the beach in San Diego that's going to be in the millions of dollars, Maybe consider a, a, a not-so-hot market or a not-so-vacation-type market where you can get in and start, start an investment. That's how I did it. You know, I had yeah. to move to Indianapolis from Colorado. <laughs> yeah, Colorado yeah wanted me too. Being one yeah, of the, same for me. Yeah, Colorado being one of the most expensive um, cities, and Denver, and then real estate, and then moving to Indianapolis and you know, being able to get a house for under you know, 90000 So, right. yeah, quite a right. change. And then my numbers work, you know, my numbers yes. work so much. And my mortgage is low, you know, 500, 600 bucks a month. Can't beat exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about some ideas for everybody out there. How might you see them be able to pull in some of the guests that they want, you know, maybe some creative packaging ideas? Yeah, so um, we have we've really tried to be creative on this, and so I mentioned that we'd hired a guy that that his job is to go out and sign up corporate deals, and so uh, the best one is the is the is the mortgage company and the real estate um, agents around town that people are moving here in droves. Uh, the city is just growing like crazy, and so we have a lot of people in our homes that are shopping for a house or they're looking for work or whatever. Um, we have another partnership with a local corporation. So I would just encourage people to go out and, and look at the bigger organizations, bigger corporations that are near the unit or units that you have and knock on their door and say, hey, do you want to save some money on hotel fees? Because um, if you have a, a, work, a work team coming into town, like 10 people coming for, for uh, uh, an event, if you have two apartments that are close to there, they can save a ton of money on a hotel. Instead of putting 10 people in individual rooms, they could share two homes or something to that effect. So I have a, a fourplex, and so it works really well to have larger groups staying in the fourplex. They're all close together. They have the same basic unit layout, and they can commute together wherever they're going, and they just have a better experience than a hotel. Um, we also have a deal where every year, I mentioned the ski, the ski hill, uh, uh, rents two of our units for like six months. And that's just because we're close proximity, the price is right for them, and they can have several of their workers working in there. Also, construction companies, if you can talk with local builders, oftentimes they'll have to hire subs from out of town. And so if you can make relationships with local builders 
and just say, hey, we can save you on, on you know, don't pay a $90 a night hotel for each guy that comes into town, for each worker that comes into town, you can you can rent from us. So just the different way, creative ways that you can go about advertising. We also don't just advertise. So we advertise through my sales team, but we also advertise on all the sites that, that make sense. So not just Airbnb, but also HomeAway and, and Booking.com and TripAdvisor. Uh, Booking.com um, actually generates about a quarter of our bookings. It's almost on par with Airbnb now, which yeah, is surprising yeah. to me. But we get a lot of things that's through Booking.com. So those are the ways that we attract I've been hesitant to go back onto Booking.com, but I've decided to kind of make the transition back to it because uh, your porter it offers automation for them and an easier payout. Oh, okay. So, yeah. 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 Been hesitant, what but... What does as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I know. Uh, I, when I yeah. first went on, it was kind of a headache, but <laughs> I it, know. it's gotten better. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. No. Um, so hopefully yeah hopefully they're figuring figuring it out and it's good to hear that um, from you so lastly let's just mention the um, elephant in the room and that is legislation you know obviously if it's not legal or if it's a residential area that is you know doesn't have a lot of inventory or has a housing crisis and a lot of you know or dense population like San Francisco it's gonna vacation rentals are gonna be you know, looked at like they're the culprit and or, you know, like it's going to be frowned upon or maybe even highly legislated. Why don't you talk about this? Yeah, so I didn't know how good I had it in Boise until I started looking at other markets. And Denver is a good example. I was actually looking in Denver and they have some of the strictest, if I'm not mistaken, uh, rules on, or maybe it's, maybe it's one of the other areas, um, one of the other cities around Denver. But there was just lots of regulation, and, and Nashville as well just started cracking down and on on these vacation rentals because of some of these factors of, like, the neighbors are really against short-term rentals because people come and throw parties next door, and it's a new person every day. Um, in markets like Boise, where it's not as much of a destination city, and it's, I mean, it's also politically conservative, and so the, the concept is, you know, kind of leave businesses alone, don't, don't strap a bunch of regulation on them. So places like Boise and, and Spokane, Washington even, and Missoula, Montana, that I kind of keep mentioning, are all going to have similar really relaxed policy on, on regulating short-term housing. In fact, in Boise, they passed a law through the legislature that forbids homeowners associations from restricting Airbnb wow. after you buy a unit. So if you owned the unit and before and before that law took effect or even after that law take, takes effect, you cannot be – you're basically always grandfathered in. There's nothing your HOA can do. And so uh, that is a really positive thing. There's no restriction. I don't have to have a permit. I don't have to get a license, none of that stuff. I do have to pay hotel tax, um, but, but there's no other restrictions in Boise. And that's the same in some of these other cities, these smaller kind of – off the beaten path cities I've, I've researched. Right, and and just to add to that point, for the Colorado market, for example, one of the reasons why uh, legislation has cracked down is because of the fact that there's a housing crisis. So yeah. usually that's what it is. Like I had mentioned before, dense populations. Um, everybody moved, everybody and their mother moved to Colorado all at once, and of mm-hmm. course, we legalizing cannabis, it just... 
it just uh, changed the housing market there. There just wasn't enough housing, whereas, you know, like I said, in Indianapolis, there's plenty of housing, all these border houses, all these vacated houses. Uh, so it's just a different market. But once yeah. you, you know, once you uh, challenge the, it, it's not so much the neighbors. The neighbors didn't want the parties and stuff. That was definitely important. It was more of the housing, hmm. the housing issue, I think, in yeah. Denver. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd think Denver was, uh, I mean, it's pretty strict for being Democratic. I thought maybe it was more liberal, but uh, it seems like the Republican states are a little bit more liberal when it comes to vacation rentals. And, huh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah interesting. it's interesting. I mean, Arizona, the governor banned banning short-term rentals. So right. that's why the Sedona people um, are now airbnb again because <laughs> ah, so, they had banned it. Yeah. And now they're now they're able to do it. I mean, it'll be interesting to see the future of this. But um, I really do appreciate your input, and I think it's such a great topic. I'm uh, really glad to have you on the show. Why don't you tell everybody where they can get a hold of you if they'd like to reach out or and are in Boise? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, if you're in Boise and you need a place to stay, let me know. We'll get you set up. Um, but yeah, if you are interested in re investing in a non real estate market, please feel free to give me a give me a send me an email. That's the best way to reach me. So my email is Brian B R I A N at myshorttermhome dot com, and I'd love to sit down and talk with you and see if there's some way I can help you out. And what's the website? Uh, same www.myshorttermhome.com dot com is where all of our properties are. Cool. I'll put that in the show notes. Well, thanks again, Brian. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, Absolutely. you too. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and share, and give us some positive feedback. We love positive reviews. And if you're interested in becoming a part of the short-term rental revolution or an Airbnb host, then you can go to my website, set up a call with me, and or join the Airbnb hosting platform right there with my link rentalpreneur.com. All right, guys, well, that's it for today's show. We'll see you on the flip side.